Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Justin, uh, if I haven't met you before. I started coming to Rune Branch like fall of last year, so about a year and a half. Can everyone hear me okay? A little bit louder. Okay. Um, so what I want to talk about today is a little bit about my spiritual experience and uh, especially being here living in the city of Chicago and some of the events that have been going on uh, recently um, pertaining to police and violence against black people in Chicago. Um, and so the big, big, most recent thing that we've been hearing about is the shooting of Laquan McDonald. Um, and this was uh, a lot of, there was a lot of outrage because there was a video. And uh, in the video, Laquan McDonald, black teenager, uh, was walking away from police and he was shot 16 times and died. Um, this was not the account of either the officer who shot him nor the other five police officers who had written statements about what happened. Those five officers who were also there said he was waving his knife exaggeratedly. And then once he was on the ground, he tried to get back up in order to continue to try to stab the officer. You see the video. He's fallen to the ground after being shot about five times, and he's shot 11 times more. What prompted a lot of anger about this was that that was about a year ago. And it was about 12 months where prosecutors had this video. They didn't do anything. And Eventually, some other judge said, you got to release it. And then they pressed charges, of course. Um, and what's amazing about this is that people who I've talked to who sort of work in the system, they've said, you know, this is being called a cover-up. But it's weird to call it a cover-up because this is just kind of how it works. This is the norm. This is how the system functions. And this isn't new. And this is, this is the kind of terrifying thing. I don't, have people heard of John Burge? Burge? He, was a, he was a police commander, uh, I think, in the 80s and 90s. And he was found to uh, have tortured about 200 people into false convictions. Uh, he was a city police uh, commander. Interestingly, he actually never sail, served jail time for that. Because uh, get this, the uh, statute of limitations on torture had passed. The only reason that he went to jail was because he was caught lying uh, uh, to a jury. And that was you know, 20 years ago. Um, another recently in the news, uh, I don't know how to say Quintano Legrier, a 19-year-old home from college, uh, black teenager, or black 19-year-old, domestic dispute with his dad. The teenager called police, didn't come. Then dad called police. The police uh, ended up killing the teenager, 19-year-old, and actually accidentally shooting his neighbor and killing his neighbor as well. The police officer said that he shot because the teenager had a bat and swung so close to his face that, his, that he could feel the air brushing his face. Sounds a lot of like waving a knife to me. <laughs> and the real amazing thing is that now the police officer is suing the family for emotional damage. And it, it just keeps going. I mean, a 19-year-old, let's see, Calvin Cross, is running away, who's shot 45 times. And there was a gun used in the investigation because the police officer said while he was running away, he turned around and shot. But it was later found out that that gun was inoperable and was never used. $2 million the city paid in a settlement. No, no one was prosecuted. No one lost their job. There was another case recently, uh, Flint Farmer was his name. I think this was 
2012, there was a drunk police officer who shot and killed, and the three fatal shots were to his back when he was on the ground. And uh, so the, the chief prosecutor, uh, her name is Anita Alvarez, who's in charge of prosecuting cases like these, her, her quote was, not every mistake demands the action of the criminal justice system. Isn't that... <laughs> so, when I, I, probably my freshman year of college is when I first had like my first racial justice seminar. And the, the, the lens in this is typically you think of systems of violence and systems of oppression as, as uh, getting something, as like you, one person is uh, oppressed and another per is person is privileged by it. You get something out of it. And this whole time I've been thinking like, I understand a system of cover-ups. I understand why a system exists to protect cops, to protect prosecutors. It all makes sense. Everyone keeps their job. But what I could not understand is why in that moment, you know, you have a gun, there's someone running away from you, and you, you say, I need to end this person's life. And being, the train, being trained the way I have, I've thought, who benefits from this? And it's a kind of a weird question. I mean, like, uh, as I've talked to some people about it, they thought that's a, just a sort of strange way um, to frame the issue, <laughs> who benefits from someone killing another person. But I asked this to a, the, an organizer who I volunteer for, and she said, you know, perhaps it's a similar um, feeling as why men rape women. It's not an issue of sex, it's an issue of power, it's an issue of control. Uh, the ability to have control of another person whose life you value less than your own. So we live in the system where, in ostensibly a glorified ego trip, people can just kill each other. And I hate it. It's not a system that I want to be a part of. This isn't a system that I feel like I'm benefiting from. This is something that I feel like I want to end as well. So. This is a kind of a spiritual journey thing, so I'll get back into a little personal story with this. So I first uh, came to believe in God when I was in Denmark, um, and I was studying Kierkegaard. Uh, and uh, no coincidence, I ended up here. I saw Tim was a Kierkegaard guy. I was like, great, I'll come here. Um, and one thing that Kierkegaard talked about was a lot was these stages of existence. and. The two interesting ones is he, there's the ethical stage and the religious stage. And in the ethical stage, you know, you do what, if everyone did it, you'd have a perfect society. Work well, it'd be really efficient, all that. And if you're in the religious stage of existence, you do just whatever you think God calls you to do. And Kierkegaard was obsessed with Abraham. Uh, Abraham, you know, God says, Abraham, kill your son. And Abraham's like, okay. Uh, and Kierkegaard was fascinated by this because, especially in, in that society, you know, killing your son is, makes no sense. No, there's no way if everyone killed their son, you had a perfect society. What God called him to do so badly contradicted what would be an ethical standard. And part of the problem that I had with this was, uh, why would God ever call you to do that something Call, call you to do something that defies ethics. Um, 
as some of you may have, may have heard, my, I had a lot of evangelical friends in high school who uh, would always try to convince me that, you know, you're just not feeling it right. You'll hear God, uh, you know, if you just really try. And I wasn't really hearing. Um, but it was in reading Kierkegaard that kind of made something click in that I kind of prided myself on, I don't know, pretty good living my life, administrating my life pretty successfully, doing well in the ethical stage of the existence. But always have these nagging feelings of like, I should push myself this way, I should push myself that way, I should take a little bit more risk. And I also believe, well, I, yeah, believed in the God that wouldn't push me to do things that were really wrong. What I uh, kind of settled on was that this little voice that I'm hearing encouraging me to take these risks was perhaps helping me to live my life in a way that's better for me. I just don't know it yet, and I'm scared to take it. And when people say, listen to God, you know, what does God want you to do? It's an incredibly personal question. But this is how I'm starting to be able to answer that question of listening to God, having a relationship with God, that when my life is in order, and I have that little voice saying, push a little bit harder, that's when I need to listen. And that's part of why I come to Root and Branch. So most of the time when I come to Root and Branch, I'll have some day-to-day uh, -day life thing like career or relationships that I'm struggling with, and, I, and Root and Branch gives me a space to think about it and, and find clarity. When those other issues are quiet and things are going pretty well, the voice comes back. <laughs> it's like, hey, Justin, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, what are you not doing? Um, and that's why, that's why I come here. This is, coming to Root and Branch helps me push myself um, to do what I think is right, uh, but I would be able to come up with excuses that, you know, I need to call my parents, I need to call Beth, I need to, I need to work on my job. Um, so, Getting back a little bit, so obviously the connection here is that that little voice is saying, Justin, go do something about this <laughs> police violence, uh, because I know I have the capacity to do something about it. Um, now, part of the question is, why, like, of all things that you could like, really be motivated by, why this police stuff? Um, and uh, part of, I think, I, I like to think that the religious Thing, uh, the God tells you to do something is you don't really know why, you just kind of do it. Um, but I think the answer to this is that this is a system that we live in that is so counter to the world that I want to live in, I have an interest in trying to change it. As a person who's not subject to police violence, as a white person who's generally protected by that, I want to see the system end. I want to tear it down. And what I guess I feel like I hear from God is that you'll be better off if you will. So Tim recommended say, what do you do with this? So I, I do volunteer. So there's, a, there's uh, it's Anita Alvarez, who's the uh, Stook Cook County, she's a prosecutor. Um, there's an election that, she's up for election on March 15th, same day as all the primaries. Um, so that's something that I volunteer for, uh, for an opposing candidate. 
Um, and I have to say it makes me nervous. I mean, part of, part of this is I, uh, taking the extra risk. I will literally feel grumpy all day before I go do it because nobody likes going door to door and talking to strangers. It's just a really uncomfortable thing. And as, as I've tried to drag some of you along with me, I, I promise you I understand how uncomfortable it is. Um, but afterwards, I always feel like I did what I'm supposed to be doing. So one of the criticisms of Kierkegaard is very individualistic. Uh, God calling Abraham to kill his son is probably not advisable. <laughs> and we should really take these, uh, these re religious convictions that come out of nowhere with a grain of salt. And this is actually another reason why I come to Root and Branch, because I do strongly believe that uh, part, you, moving your religious con convictions within a community that one, values tradition, and two, makes decisions collectively is a safeguard against those kind of whims of individual religious convictions. Um, but at the same time is that in a community, when you bring your religious convictions together, that's when you can do something about it. That's when you can make change. So as many of you have heard, we have Ari, who's not here today, and, and, uh, and I are on this justice team that we have yet to do things, but now uh, we're, um, we're, we're ready. We've got, we've got some things kind of lined up that we want to start pushing and want to start encouraging us as a community to begin working on. Uh, so you'll be hearing uh, from me and Ari. Um, I think there's actually a, there's a, a protest out in Lawndale uh, on Saturday um, about a black site where the police have interrogated people uh, for the last, all, almost entirely under Obama Emanuel's administration. Um, so actually you might be hearing more about that. Um, and that I don't want it to just be my religious convictions or Tim's or Ari's or Virginia's that pushes you to do things, but that we as a community come together and work on it. So it is, this is coming your way. <laughs> so um, that is all I have.